We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. We are 15 days away from kickoff of the 2017 season. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. Co-host TJ N will be along with us shortly. Hopefully we don't have the, the mic issues we had on Monday night, but today we are previewing the 2017 Indiana defense coming off of a great season in 2016, which saw them vastly improved on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and we'll We'll see if they could take that next step and become a top 25 defense and lead this team uh, back to another bowl game and help achieve Tom Allen's goal of breaking through. So lots of good stuff uh, to come. We'll go position by position again uh, and and uh, go through players. We, we like to see players who have to play well, guys who need to step up, sleeper players, all of that stuff. So right now we welcome in TJ Inman. Uh, TJ, welcome back to the show. We're talking football again, just 15 days, uh, 15 days in an hour or 59 minutes uh, until IU kicks off against Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, we're basically here uh, two weeks out uh, pretty much from from the opener, uh, the off season. You know, it's definitely a grind for us. Uh, on the site, but, you know, I, I'd be lying if I, I didn't say it. You know, it has flown by, but uh, I am definitely more than ready to uh, to see college football back in our lives. Uh, really looking forward to that for sure. Uh, and, and I think tonight, um, you know, we're, we're having a podcast that uh, I think certainly this is probably going to be the best defense on paper, you know, they have to go out and do it, but this is likely the best defense on paper uh, in, you know, certainly in my lifetime, I think. Uh, you could make an argument for, for the bull. I'm about to turn 30 uh, here in, in September 3rd. So, uh, you know, in the past 25 to 30 years, I think this is certainly there's an argument for this being the best defense on paper. Uh the pieces are there, and we'll talk about it. So then to, to go out and have have a top, you know, I, I don't know what's realistic to hope for, but I know the Hoosiers are hoping to be in the top 25 defensively. And uh, that's, a, that's a very um, – it, it's a big-time goal, uh, but it's one that's not outlandish. Yeah, they fin- IU finished 45th uh, in the nation in total defense, giving up 380.1 yards per game. Compare that to 2015 when they were uh, 121st, giving up 509.5 yards per game. 
Uh, and, and that's yeah. more than just, you know, something funky was going on in the 2016 season or rules change or something like that. This was clearly the impact of Tom Allen coming in, getting his guys to believe in uh, in his scheme, believe in their, their talents uh, and, and leadership abilities, and, and going out and making plays. Uh, you, you saw it in the opener against FIU uh, with two pick sixes. Uh, they had a safety as well, uh, things like that. It just, you know, this this defense carried that team to the bowl game last year, and a lot of those guys yeah. return, you know, 10 out of the 11 starters return uh, on, on defense. Ralph Green has graduated. He played, had a tremendous year last year, but you hope that some of these younger guys uh, can step up, that Nate Hoff has the year that Ralph Green had last year, uh, and so on and so forth. So but let's start uh, with – I don't want to call it the weak link of the defense, but the, the, the part of the defense that has some question marks. Uh, and that's the defensive line. Uh, Niall Sykes, who was supposed to be the uh, premier pass rusher on this defensive line, is out for the year, uh, and IU has to replace him. So, uh, you know, right now you have Greg Gooch and, and Robert McCray at the ends. Uh, you're also, you know, Alan Stallings' name has been uh, thrown around as well uh, in there. Uh, Lance Bryant, uh, Michael Z- uh, Zimba, uh, Britt Beery, guys like that, who who we talked about on the on the Peaks preview uh, this afternoon, uh, on that video, those are young guys that need to step up and play to the abilities that IU recruited for, uh, recruited them for. So we'll see what they do at pass rush. And then on the interior, you have Nate Hoff, Mike Barwick, Jerome Johnson, uh, Juan Harris, uh, and, and some other guys. So you know that it, it's. If Mark Hagan could this with guys like Pat Doherty, uh, made him into a legitimate Big Ten defensive lineman, uh, I think the talent is a little bit better and deeper this year than it was last year. So he has a little bit more clay to mold with, uh, and hopefully uh, he could get the same results because if they could get that pass rush going and get to the quarterback, where last year they were a slight hair off, uh, slight, uh, slightly slow to the ball carrier or the quarterback, to where, you know, if you're one second faster, you get to the quarterback, get that sack, you, know, you probably knock off Michigan, uh, you knock off Nebraska, uh, and maybe you knock off Penn State, where Trace McSorley ex- escaped uh, a, a few of those tackle for losses that, that would have changed the game. So what's, you know, what, what, what do you need to see from the defensive line this year? But, you know, starting on the interior, I feel, I feel pretty good about it. Nate Hoff, um, I think he's just really solid. I think he's a reliable contributor for you. Uh, we've seen that more times than not. Uh, and then next to him, I think that whoever his, you know, defensive tackle starting partner ends up being, you're going to see a lot of guys rotate in there. And I think you're right. The position is now deeper than it has been, uh, which is, you know, what what the – coaching staff knew uh, when they came in, Mark Hagan came back on, Tom Allen came on, uh, you know, they they publicly stated we need to get deeper here, and they've done that. Uh, there's still some ways to go there, but um, I think a, a player that if if Juan Harris can, and then the work that he has done to get himself into into better playing shape, uh, you know, should be commended. Um He's really put himself in position to have a, a good freshman season, uh, which is important. If he can follow through on that and have himself 
uh, a good season where he can be a valuable contributor uh, as just a face eater on the inside, uh, then I, I, I feel really good about the interior of the line. Um, and then pass rush is definitely the biggest concern for this defense. Uh, last year, you know, the pass rush that they did get, uh, which was not enough, but the pass rush that they did get was mainly based on scheme. Uh, they were able to scheme pressure, which, you know, you can do that, and that's fine, but, uh, and I'm sure they'll continue to do some of that. Every team does. But the best pass rush is going to be when you can keep your guys in coverage, not have to scheme for it, and you just have one individual, your defensive end, or your inside tackle, uh, just beating their man individually. And, you know, maybe doing it consistently enough that they force a double which opens up holes for other guys. So who's going to be that player or those players that step up and, you know, beat their man individually and get to the passer uh, without the Hoosiers having to scheme, uh, scheme their way into pressure. Uh, and I, I'm not sure who that's going to be. I do think Alan Stallings is the prime name to watch as someone that did not contribute at all last year. Uh, it was Really unfortunate that uh, that he saw the field at all. Really, uh, burned a year of of his you know of his playing time. That that uh, that's um, well. Well, we've talked about that before, but um, I think he's a guy that you know, former state uh, state high school wrestler. Uh, so there's that kind of technique that translates once he has filled out his frame, which he has. He's got the length that you look for. Uh, Lance Bryant has got the raw physical tools to be a really good pass rusher. It's just a question of how he transitions. Uh, Michael Zimba, a little bit more of a, you know, bowl rusher, if you will. Greg Gooch, a bowl rusher. Um, and then I, I think that Robert McCray is a player that if he can stay healthy, which has been a problem for him throughout his career, but if he can stay healthy, uh, I think that the coaching staff really likes his potential to be a, a good contributor in his uh, in his senior season. So um, I, I would think the pass rush is certainly the biggest concern, but I do think that there's just a, a couple of more pieces um, that they didn't have last season that they now have. And I think if you throw enough, you know, enough pieces there at the puzzle, eventually one of them's going to stick. And I do think they'll find at least a couple of pretty good pass rushers. I don't think they'll have an elite guy there uh, just yet. They keep adding guys in the recruiting classes. You know, eventually that's going to happen. But um, I do think that they're going to have some serviceable pass rushers. And overall, I, I think that this this defensive line, it's not going to be bad at all. Uh, I think it's going to be a very serviceable defensive line. But still, uh, based on how good the other two parts of the defense are, this is definitely the – uh, again, as we enter the season, the the position group with the largest question mark next to it, really the only question mark next to it for this defense. Yeah, and you make a good point about, you know, the pass rush and, and the secondary. I think having the secondary that IU has and the linebackers gives them yeah. the freedom to, to play that one-on-one defense on the outside and let Marcelino and those safeties cover receivers and, and have those – those linebackers rush and get a six-man rush like that. Uh, so, you know, it, 
that that strength plays into it too. Now, ideally, you would like to get pressure with four, but IU has yeah. the horses in that secondary to uh, to be able to blitz and to, to not always get burned, uh, you know, by that. And that gives that four man rush some uh, some time too. Guys stay covered longer. It gives them an extra second or so, and, and they could get to the quarterback then. So we'll see. I, I think the defensive line the it's going to be a uh, a product is going to be greater than the sum of its parts or the, you know, the sum is greater than the, than the, than the parts that are there. Um, yeah. And, and we'll see how that goes. Let's move to, I mean, if, to you had to, if you had to pick one guy, if you had to pick one guy that ends up, you know, right now it's just a guess, but if you had to pick one guy that you feel ends up leading this team in sacks, uh, who do you think that ends up being? Oh man. Based on It, you know, it could be a whole – probably McCray. Um, okay. You'd like it not to be T-Gray Scales uh, just because you right. don't really want your linebacker to lead the team in sacks. Uh, although he is more than – you know, he led the nation in tackles for losses last year. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, he's ready to fly around. And I think he had seven and a half sacks or something. But you'd like one of these defensive ends to, to get in there and – and uh, and pressure the quarterback, but I I go McCray or, or Gooch, you know whichever one stays healthy uh, of those two, and then hopefully one of these young guys comes in and and can help out too. But um, I, I'd go Robert McCray. Uh, so let's move on to the secondary. TJ, uh, we put out our secondary uh, preview or safeties preview today. We're going to do corners tomorrow and uh, touch on those. But this secondary group is probably the best secondary IU's had in a very, very long time. Um, yep. Probably going back to the Bill Mallory days. Athletically, it's probably the best secondary they've ever had. Uh, with with uh, you have Fant at one corner. You'll have Marcelino Ball, uh, who's now finally 18 as a sophomore uh, at that Husky position. John Crawford, who is you know had seven career interceptions uh, which leads the team uh at returning um interceptions tony fields who had a tremendous uh junior year last year he's back for his senior year and then uh you have a combination of ashawn riggins andre brown at that other corner uh depends on who who's healthy there but you know andre brown is back he supposedly had a great great scrimmage uh, on Saturday as well. And then you have those depth pieces like Chase Dutra, uh, Jamie Thompson, who, who we forgot to put in our initial preview uh, for the safeties. He's back um, for his final go-around healthy. He needs to stay healthy and, and be that contributor that IU fans and the coaching staff are hoping for when he, he transferred in from Iowa Western and, uh, you know, he's at Ohio State before that. Uh, so if he could – if if those guys, if you have you have a whole bunch of upperclassmen in, in depth, uh, as well as freshman Jawan Burgess, uh, who's been at safety, and, and Brian Fitzgerald, who's been at the Husky position, uh, along with Zeke Walker, and then of course you have Ben Bach. The, just the depth and talent of this secondary is as good as IU's had uh, in a very very long time, and, and they, I, you know, that's going to be the strength of this defense. Um, and allow these linebackers who who are very very good to do things uh, that maybe normally 
IU defenses couldn't do before. So we'll see. I, I like, you know, let's start with Fant. Rashard Fant's great cover corner. He's probably going to go up against the team's number one receiver unless they, they played the field on field and boundary corner uh, a lot like they did last year, but he's a guy you could trust on the outside. Uh, 20 pass deflections or passes defense last year, three interceptions. If he could turn some of those, you know, have a little bit better luck on some of those pass deflections uh, and, you know, turn those three interceptions into six or seven, he, he'll have an all American year and get sent off into the NFL on a high note. Uh, at the other corner, I mentioned Andre Brown. He played a lot of football his freshman year, missed last year with a, a shoulder shoulder issue. Uh, he's coming back. He's fully healthy. He gives a guy another young guy with, with some playing experience there, Ashawn Riggins as well, uh, who had a tremendous year last year. Uh, and then Tyler Green uh, could go there. I mean, you're going almost six deep uh, with Raheem Lane and LaDainian Tomlinson. Uh, LaDainian Tomlinson. Uh, LaDainian Hunt. Um <laughs> at the other corners and, and those guys could fly. Uh, those guys, if they get their hands on the ball and catch it, uh, you know, you might get a pick six. Uh, and you'll definitely see those guys probably on special teams, maybe in the return game uh, or as gunners down a punt uh, or kickoff return. But this, these corners, it's as deep as, as, as IU's been. Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you said. Um, we won't belabor the point. Uh, but I, I think that the, the most – I think that beyond just the, the sheer talent that they have at the start, um, you know, the athletic ability of Crawford and, and Marcelino Ball, who fits perfectly uh, with that Husky position, um, and then uh, Tony Fields, you know, has really turned into a, a really solid contributor for Indiana that – um, not quite the playmaker that Crawford is, but that's not the role that he has on this defense. The role that he has is being a sure tackler and, uh, you know, really reliable in coverage. Um, and it's not that he can't make plays, I and mean, he made quite a few last year. Uh, but Crawford is just, you know, such a dynamic playmaker that uh, really what you're looking for in your free safety, um, which is kind of the role he plays, not exactly that. But, uh, you know. I think they call it a rover. Um, uh. Yeah, rover. That's what they they yep. call it the rover position. Um, but I, I think that beyond that, um, you know, and then Fant obviously, and, and and Riggins or or Brown, which if he emerges to you know, and he's challenging Riggins, and that's that's good news. I mean, um, beyond that, you have the experienced depth, which I, I it, most teams do not have that, and Indiana certainly has not in the past. Uh, it's it's a luxury to have guys that have played quite a bit of football and are now upperclassmen that are you know your your backups. Uh, they're going to see the field quite a bit. I mean, you need you know nine, ten defensive backs uh, to to get through a season, and those guys are going to have to contribute. They're going to contribute on special teams. They're going to contribute in practice. They're going to contribute in games. And to have players like Ben Bach, like Chase Dutra, who the coaches, uh, especially Coach Joseph, you know, they've raved about um, how much of a leader Chase Dutra is and 
uh, calling him, you know, him and T. Gray Scales the heart of the defense uh, because of how hard he works and he doesn't care what his role is. Uh, he's he's going to do what's required for the team, and I think that's what you have with those veteran pieces. And then, you know, the good mix, uh, influx of youth. Uh, Jawan Burgess and Bryant Fitzgerald, who in the past for Indiana, they would have been forced right into action. Uh, they would have been needed to play right away. And they can play right away for you, uh, but they're not going to be required to get in there and start. So yeah. uh, that's a luxury as well. They can they can ease them into action, use them in, in spots that's most beneficial for the team and for their development. Uh, and the same for, for Lane and, and Hunt, um, guys that in the past would have been forced into action right away. Now the coaches can be kind of selective about how they want to use them. So uh, this has been built up through a series of recruiting successes and, and really good development. Uh, and, you know, what you're left with is, is a group that I'm really excited to watch and one that I think is going to give uh, a lot of offenses if they go up against a whole lot of problems. Yeah, and don't forget Khalil Bryant in there as well. He's been working at safety, and, and he had a, a solid year, solid bowl game. He's a guy who could contribute, you know, on the, the second or third team on defense and then on special teams as well. So, you know, then we let's move to the middle of the defense, uh, probably the most talked about for the defense with uh, T. Gray Scales, who's all, you know, all-American caliber linebacker. Uh, I, I think he's getting shortchanged as, as a second-team All-American, um, you know, behind Josie Jewell. But, you know, they're both quality players, and he'll he'll get oh, yeah. his uh, recognition uh, if he plays as well as he did last year. But, you know, T-Gray Scales, and then you have Chris Covington there as well. Those two guys, you know, you're going to miss Marcus Oliver's nose for the ball and leadership. But, uh, you know, Chris Covington's very athletic. Uh, he's a big guy. He likes to lay, you know, the, lay the, the lumber on uh, on running backs and, and makes you feel the hits. So I, I'm confident that this this may be a better uh, linebacking court, you know, linebacking duo than last year, uh, just because Chris Cumming is a little bit more athletic, a little bit faster uh, than Marcus Oliver. And that's no dis- disrespect to, to Oliver. He was a great linebacker for IU, uh, but just Covington has the tools that, that Marcus lacked. Um, in terms of speed and, and, and mobility. But, you know, Tigre speaks for himself. He's going to lead this defense. He loves playing in this in this defense. Uh, and we'll see. It, it'll be tough to replicate that the season he had last year with 120-some-odd tackles, 23-and-a-half tackles for loss, um, you know, seven-some-odd sacks. And especially, you know, the coaching staff has said they wanted to limit his uh, – his snaps early in games so that he's fresh for the fourth quarter. So that's where this depth at the linebacking position uh, is going to come in, in handy. And, and at those depths, they have Mike McGinnis coming in. He was a Juco all American uh, coach Inge today. When we talked to him uh, said that, you know, he has a nose to the ball like Marcus Oliver uh, and that he's, he's a heat seeking missile. He's come away with a couple takeaways uh, as well, then Raquan Jones has looked fantastic this fall camp uh, behind him. Uh, Mo Burnham looks the part, needs to uh, needs to get there mentally. He's still still a freshman, and and you know needs to learn the playbook a little bit better to become more comfortable. But you know, Coach Inge said that when he knows the play and knows his reads, 
man, he, he shows flashes of being really good uh, back there. Uh, Keontae Walton, who, who switched from safety, put on a little weight. He's a guy who could, could run in there as well and, and spell Tigre or, or Covington. Uh, it's just this defense, I think, is, you know, I don't throw around the word loaded too often, but this defense is loaded. Uh, and ready to go. And if, as long as they figure out what this defensive line uh, is, it's it's going to be a, a, a fun a fun defense to watch for IU again. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we can really understate how impressive Tigre Scales was last year and, and uh, the ceiling that we think he has for this year. I mean, he. I think that he's probably. He has not had the best career of any IU defender um, that I've been able to watch live, and have a you know distinct memory of, uh, just because he didn't really have tremendous freshman and sophomore years. They were good, uh, but not outstanding. His junior year was just, you know, he took it to basically two higher levels. Um, I think he you know, just took it up two notches. Uh and and with a you know, with a really great season this year, uh there's no doubt in my mind that he can go down as, as one of the best Indiana defensive players of all time. Uh he's not there yet because there have been a lot of really good Indiana defensive players. Uh most of them, you know, are their their playing days are quite a ways in the past, but uh Tigre Scales, I think, in terms of modern-day Indiana football, I, I'd put him up there with anyone uh, that has put on the cream and crimson. Uh, and then Chris Covington, I, I think you're right. His athleticism and speed is, is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the biggest concern for me, for the linebackers, is just that the inexperience behind those two guys, which is not uncommon for college, uh, but Still, it is a little bit of a concern, uh, especially if one of those guys misses, you know, misses a couple of games. You're looking at, you know, not very many players that have seen a lot of snaps. Uh, you know, Damian Willis. Um, Damian Willis is a guy I forgot to mention, and Coach Inge is very high on him, and he played well yeah. against Purdue and in the bowl game. Yeah, he's, and I was going to say he's probably the first – I would think that him and McGinnis are probably the first two uh, that, that step in there, uh, and then probably Rick Juan Jones. Uh, and then I, I think ideally Mo Burnham would be able to – ideally I think Burnham would be able to redshirt, but that that's counting on, you know, counting everybody staying fresh and healthy. Uh, obviously injuries, you know, could change what you're able to do. Um, Thomas Allen, the guy that is going to redshirt, obviously, you know, Coach Allen's son. Uh, so he's another another future depth piece there. But uh, I think you're looking at feeling really good about your, your probably first six, five or six guys, which is, is good. But those, you know, those second, second team and, and, Third team guys, they really don't have very many snaps under their belt at the at this level. Mike McGinnis played a lot of football um, at the junior college level, but you know it's a it's a different speed, uh, and it's a different game, and, and it, you do worry if if 
one of those frontline guys miss a couple games, uh, the ability um, for that linebacking core to cope. But, uh, but beyond that, uh, there's very few concerns that I have about this linebacking core's ability to uh, to play at a high level, mainly because I think the personnel fits the scheme so well. Uh, and that's, it's been, you know, as kind of the one of the under, I think, understated things about uh, what Tom Allen was able to do when he came in was how well he was able to fit the personnel into the scheme. You know, some of that's luck, uh, that, that some of that personnel was on hand, and then some of that, you know, needs to be chalked up to, to how really good of a defensive coach and a good motivator Tom Allen is to get these guys to to buy into what this system could combine with their hard work. Yeah, and I'm just going through the IU roster right now in terms of linebacker depth. There are a couple walk-on guys, maybe guys you haven't heard of, but if you just look at their heights and weights, uh, they have the heights and weights yeah, to, to make an impact. Uh, you, you yeah. know, Kenny Arnold is a guy who's played on special teams uh, and seems to spot duty at linebacker. Um, you have uh, uh, Tom Bolstead, 6'1", 230. Uh, Richard, Richard Freshman. Uh, who, who else do you have? You have uh, Andrew Stamp, Richard Freshman, 6'2", 225. Those are guys who, you know, if they play well, you can see time, time on special teams become an impact on special teams uh, and things like that. Uh, you know, Mike McGinnis has is, is really had a nose for the ball there. We talked about him. But, you know, if you could get these guys where you don't have to play T-Gray Scales or Raekwon Jones or Chris Covington on all these special teams units, they'll be fresher for those fourth quarters to where, you know, maybe right. you, you don't give up a, a field goal uh, to Utah late in the game. Uh, you know, you don't give up that – big run to, to Michigan late in the game and, and you could hang on and, and beat some of these teams. So I think freshness is, is you know, and, and there's depth, you just depth that they haven't had in a long time at IU. That makes you very excited yeah. for this defense, but TJ let's switch to special teams and then we'll have all our previews finished. Uh, special teams is something that I obsess over. Uh, it's something that Kevin Wilson did not obsess over. Tom Allen is a, uh, former special teams coordinator takes this uh, extremely seriously. I think you're going to see that impact on the field. You're bringing in a new punter in Hayden Whitehead uh, from Australia, from that pro kick Australia program. Uh, he's had a fantastic spring game. Uh, it's too bad they didn't show his punts on TV as much. Unfortunately, I was couldn't attend the spring game, but from the accounts that I've heard is that he, he was booming punts all over the field and can be that weapon that we saw Camp Johnston be at Ohio State where Ohio State would have the ball in inside their own 25. Uh, IU would force a, a three and out, and all of a sudden they punt and you, you turn and, and IU starting inside their, their 20 or their own 25 uh, as well. And having a guy like that to win the field position battle uh, can be huge. You know, you have Griffin Oaks coming back. Hopefully Griffin Oaks could be the Griffin Oaks from 2015. Uh, I, I think there are a lot of factors that went into his struggles last year. Uh, Coach Wilson mentioned that he had a quad injury. I just think that that miss from the pinstripe bowl and then everybody harking on that the kick was good. And, and I know we, we did that as well. 
But having, you know, seeing that signs, T-shirts, all of that, I think that got in his head a little bit. And the best thing to do is, is put that behind you and, and go kick the next one. And then he struggled against FIU in the opener, and he, he just opened the can of worms. And, and Kevin Wilson kind of lost it. You saw that in his red zone play calling, uh, you know, where he would go for it, where normally maybe in 2015 you'd see him run Oaks out there and get – you know, an almost guaranteed three points. And so hopefully uh, hopefully Griff has, has put that miss against Utah from last year behind him and, and comes out and can be that weapon to where you could get those three points uh, late in the half or at the end of the game. Uh, or maybe, you know, the, that red zone offense wasn't clicking that time and, and you have to settle for three and, and you could punch it in that way. And then finally on, on kick and punt return, uh, you have a lot of athletes now. You have a lot of guys with speed. Uh, you're probably going to see uh, Jay Sean Harris back at punt returner, uh, maybe Luke Timian, uh, Richard Fant. Uh, guys, the most important thing I, I think on punt return is just catch the ball. Uh, that's half the battle. Catch the ball, and then if you can make some guys miss and get some positive yards, uh, those are those hidden yards that, that help decide a game. Same on kick return probably see Devontae Williams, uh, maybe Cole Guest back there as well. Uh, Ricky Brookins has, has returned kicks. And then you have some of these freshmen, Raheem Lane, uh, with Damian Hunt. These guys are really fast, long striders who can make people miss in space and take it to the house. Uh, you know, those yards, you know, returning the ball out to the 30-35, these are the yards that are the difference between maybe a touchdown and a field goal a field goal and a punt and things like that. So these, uh, these yards are important. I think they're putting an emphasis on it. I think they're going to clean up that area of the game and, and, you know, special teams could once again become a strength. If IU wants to break through and, and get to those seven or eight wins uh, that Tom Allen expects and, and, and beyond, they're going to need to have a good special teams unit. And I think, uh, I think they will this year. Um, that they need things to go the right way. Uh, but I think, you know, if they scheme up returns a little bit better, get Griffin Oaks back on track, uh, you know, that they, they've recruited the positions well after, you know, for, for 2018 and beyond. Uh, and we'll see, you know, it's now let's go out and prove it. So uh, that's my take on special teams. I know I obsess over it. It's probably one of my favorite things to talk about um, as, a, as a football nerd, but it, it, these are the small things that determine games. And, you know, you saw it last year against Nebraska. You saw it against Ohio State where they gave up a long return um, and, and things like that that, you know, change momentum of the game. And if you could get a late field goal in the half or or return that, that kick for a touchdown, uh, it really swings the momentum in your favor. And then, you know, the – one of the things I'd like to see Griffin Oaks do that they didn't do last year, he was so good at onside kicks and stealing that possession uh, on offense that I don't know why they didn't do it as much last year. They, you know, other teams schemed to, to protect against it, but man, in 2015 and 2014, he was really good at those onside kicks. And I'd like to see them uh, roll the dice on that a little bit more this year, maybe steal an offensive possession, steal some points. Uh, where they didn't do that last year. Yeah, and speaking of kickoffs, I mean, that's another thing that kind of slipped last year. 
no, kind of. I mean, it did. It slipped uh, just the number of touchbacks that Oaks uh, was able to get and the number of times that the ball would, uh, you know, sail out of bounds. Um, and that, yeah, I believe he had four or five I mean, kicks go out of bounds. Yeah. I mean, and that that's, uh, you know, another thing that, you know, needs to be cleaned up. Um, and I think that something that I feel like is going to help Griffin Oaks, and I, I we have no inside information on this. This is pure speculation. But something I feel like just fits better uh, for him is the positivity and the, and the positive outlook of Tom Allen uh, versus Kevin Wilson, who it just seemed like if Kevin Wilson could choose to never speak to the kicker, uh, that's probably what he would have chosen to do. Um, and, and I think that Oaks and any person would, you know, maybe feel, maybe have a little bit of a struggle with that. Maybe, uh, you know, your your confidence wanes a little bit, then you miss a kick and it gets worse, and then, you know, you're, maybe you got the quad injury and everything just kind of snowballs. And I think that, that Tom Allen's positivity might uh, just gel a little bit better um, before Griffin Oaks' game. Again, that's that's all speculation, but it's my, you know, but from a punting standpoint, I'm very excited uh, for the Aussie, Hayden Whitehead. I, I think that he's a, a big addition, um, and he could have, you know, as much impact as just about any freshman on the, on the team outside of you know, Morgan Allison. That's true. Newcomer, I should say. Um, yeah. Outside of Morgan Allison or Juan Harris, he could have, you know, just about as big an impact as any newcomer. Um, it, it is a big deal. It really is. You look at the S&P Plus numbers, uh, the teams that that have good special teams units, typically they're, they're pretty good teams. I mean, you don't have very many bad teams with really good special teams units uh, for a lot of reasons. But and when you, when you make – when you score on special teams, uh, the – odds of you winning the game, the percentage of the time that you win the game skyrockets. Uh, and that that's not a coincidence. I mean, it's a huge sample size that, that these numbers have been looked at. and um, They're, like you said, gigantic momentum-changing plays. Uh, and they don't have to be scores, but, you know, that could certainly be nice. But, you know, just positive returns where you're, you know, breaking one out 40 or 50 uh, once every few weeks. Or uh, like you said, the, the on punt returns, just catching the ball, no muffs, uh, and then just making the right decision on to win, to catch the ball, and win to gamble that it's going to be a touchback. Uh, you know, there. I feel like Mitchell Page was was pretty good at that aspect of it, uh, making those decisions as far as you know where the where your cutoff is is different for every team, but generally speaking, inside the ten. In college, you're going to let that thing go uh, and, and take your chances that it's going to roll into the end zone. Uh, and then you get a touchback as opposed to being stuck back inside the 10 uh, and putting your offense in a hole. Um, I just think that the more that your special teams, the more you focus on it and the more you make it a part of your daily routine to get better at special teams and let your players know because the more you practice on it, the more you emphasize it, the more your players know this is important. 
Uh, and I, I don't, I mean, it's very obvious. Kevin Wilson didn't believe that. Um, and that's, that's fine to each his own. Uh, but I feel like it's, it's, it is a third phase of the game, and it's important enough that uh, I think it should be, you know, a daily part of practice focuses on and, and tries to improve upon, and that you you play the personnel that gives you a chance to be good at it. Um, don't ignore, you know, the personnel that goes out there and, and try to find the best fit for who it can be. I, you know, who ends up returning kicks is anybody's guess. I do think Harris ends up returning punts. Um, and then I, 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 I'm going to guess that Devontae Williams uh, gets a shot at kick return, and I, I don't know who the who the second uh, kick returner is going to be necessarily, but um, I, I do think that Indiana has enough players, like you said, that uh, they should be able to find find a couple of guys that can be really dangerous back there, but they're going to have to improve the blocking on it because too often uh, the blocking on those returns have been really lacking to where guys don't have a chance to get past the 20 unless they can break three or four tackles and evade, you know, a, a half a half a team, half a coverage unit because I use blocking just wasn't, was not up to par. Uh, so it, it's, it's really important. I think the punting is going to see a, a big increase I think Oaks, the key for him is just being steady and consistent uh, and reliable. He doesn't have to be, you know, nailing 50 yarders, but he needs to be reliable on the kicks that, that he needs to hit. And you need to feel confident every time he goes out there. And he needs to feel confident every time he goes out there. And then he's got to go back to getting those those kickoffs consistently into the end zone. Um, and, uh, you yeah, know, man. the return game. Just eliminate the mistakes in the return game, break an occasional big play. Uh, the special teams unit does not have to be great. It doesn't have to be great, but it needs to be better than average for Indiana to have the breakthrough year that they need to have. Yep, and, and they got to fix the, the protection on on, uh, on on the field goal unit and the punt unit. That way your oh, kickers can yeah. just focus on kicking the ball and not, not have to worry about – you know, guys coming free. That was a big disaster last year. Uh, it came into play against Wake Forest a lot, where you just saw guys running free. Uh, Michigan as well. Uh, they they skimmed that up pretty well. So Tom Allen talked to us about it at media day um, about scheming up and fixing that protection and getting Griffin Oaks to just think about kicking the ball to focus on instead of worrying about what where protection is where it's going to break down uh things like that so hopefully they get that fixed they get that fixed i think you're good enough on offense um to to score some points uh and be better than last year and the defense you know they have a shot they you know the deep the, they could get by the offense is better than last year the defense could hold their own and still be 47th in the country and the, and, and the IU will have a fine season. But if the defense wants to achieve yeah. their goals, I think they have the talent uh, and the will to do so uh, there. And, and if you're talking about a top 25 defense, fixing the special teams unit, you talk about a real special season uh, and doing that. Yeah. But all those things have to come together. If one of those things breaks down, you know, IU 
they're not at the point to where there are a lot of should win games or, you know, to mark them down in, in permanent markers as a win. Uh, there are a lot of games and a lot of our predictions, season predictions come down to, you know, can they win these 50, 50 games? Uh, you know, yep. can at, at Virginia is a toss up game. Uh, you know, at Maryland, at Michigan state, those games are, you know, between a, a 40% chance on, on FPI and, and a 50-some-odd percent chance. Those are toss-up games. You know, do you lose those two or, or do, you, do you split them or do you sweep those two games? And then at the end of the year, you have Illinois, Purdue, uh, and, and Rutgers, not in that order, of course. Uh, but those are those are games that, you know, they're not toss-up games. But those, those are games IU has to win uh, in order to get to – those six and seven wins. And if you could get all three of these phases working well and, and everybody working together, going in the right direction, you're going to see them win, win more games than they lose this year. So that that's, that's our, our defense and special teams preview of the year. Uh, TJ, let's do a season prediction. I know I'm just throwing this at you. What is your season prediction? Well, uh, you know, I know that I, I tend to be, uh, optimistic. I don't think it's you know wildly, wildly crazy Homer optimistic. But I, you know, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Indiana. Uh, you know, I'm I'm always going to uh, when I feel like there's reason for it. I'm always going to tend to hope and uh, really see a reason to you know be invested in the team. If if you're you know constantly doubting whether or not they are capable of achieving things uh, that doesn't seem like a way to go through life to me so uh, as a result of my somewhat optimistic nature uh, I'm going to go with seven and five um, and uh, uh, you know uh, the first winning season that they've had and then uh, you know not knowing anything about the bowl game or who the opponent would be I I feel like they'll break through and uh, get that bowl win uh, achieve that winning season, achieve that uh, in that bowl drought. Um, I certainly don't see a conference title. I don't see them crossing that off the, the to-do list. But um, so my, I guess my final prediction there would be eight and five. Uh, and if offered that today, I would certainly take that. I, I, I think that I think the nine total wins, so a, a nine and four season, I think is the. Um, the absolute ceiling, but I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with eight and five, and I'd be, I'd be very disappointed with anything less uh, than six victories in the regular season. Uh, not making a bowl game with with the talent on hand, to me, would mean that uh, quite a few things went wrong. Yeah, and you could buy TJ's Kool Aid outside in the tailgate. Uh, you know, ten dollars a cup. Proceeds go to Hoosier Huddle. Yeah, uh, but. Very tasty. Um, uh, I heard it's good. Very tasty. It's the it's the red flavor of Kool Aid, which I think it might be fruit punch. Um, oh yeah. So, but I I agree with you. I, you know, it wouldn't shock me if this team wins anywhere from five to eight games. Um, nine wins would be shocked. Wins an absolute shock. Could they? Yes. Um, I I think ever if you take it one game at a time and, and break it down that they could. Um, they could, you know, th- there's a chance at every game, but I think realistically, uh, the game seven. I, I'm gonna 
sit seven and five. Uh, the season really hinges on that game at Virginia. Uh, I, I think that that is the, the most important game of the season uh, in terms of how this is going to go, uh, regardless of the outcome against Ohio State, uh, win, lose, or draw. Um, you have to win that game. If you beat, we've said it a number of times on the, on the show. If you beat Ohio state, you cannot go the next week and lose to Virginia and think that you're changing anything at IU. And conversely, if you lose to Ohio state, you cannot start the season. 0 and 2. Uh, you got to get out of, you got to get out of September three and two. Uh, that means you're, you're sweeping your non-conference uh, with losses to Ohio state and, and Penn state. Uh, they have, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, and Maryland in October. If you could get out of October with four wins uh, at four and three, that means you're winning two out of three there. Um, or you're, you're winning, you just have, just, you know, Michigan's going to be what it is. I, I think that that's a great chance for them to be one of these top 10 teams. But coming down to those back to back road trips against Michigan State and Maryland, if they could just split those two games, uh, come out at one and one and come out of October four and three, uh, you're really set up for, uh, for seven wins that back into the schedule of, um, at Illinois Rutgers at home and at Purdue. So get through that, that get through October four and three, and you're good to go. And I, I, I know a lot of people, um, some local media as well think that this schedule is really tough. It's very manageable. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it's Virginia is not great. You do have to go on the road. Uh, the big 10 East is tough. Uh, Maryland could be tough, but you get that, get out of October and, and you get a break. You get Wisconsin and then you have Illinois Rutgers and Purdue to end the season. If you get to that stretch with four wins, you're almost, you know, you should win seven, get to that bowl game, and then, you know, all bets, who, who knows who we're playing, where we're playing, uh, and things like that. So, it'll be, uh, it'll be a fun season. I think seven wins, uh, it, it is where it is. If they get eight, great. If they get more than eight, uh, I, you know, color me shocked, but I, I'll be happy. Um, and then if oh, yeah. things fall apart, you know, five – Five wins can happen too. If you lose that Virginia game, uh, and, and things start to go downhill, zero and two, people start to grumble. Uh, five wins could happen as well, and, and you could get to five wins with with those three wins at the end. Although I don't see if you get to two and seven, and you get to Illinois two and seven, you're in trouble. Um, but yeah, you know we'll see. I, this is as good as I felt about it about the IU football program, and we'll see in in 15 days. Uh, where where this team is at, and we'll you know we'll see. I don't I don't think the rotation is going to be as wide open as it would be against a normal opener uh, against a lesser no. opponent. Uh, they might tighten it up a little bit against Ohio State, but man, it, it's going to be fun. I am super pumped for this. With uh, four hours of pregame, uh, we'll have our own pregame uh, as well, and then just being on every channel on ESPN is going to be cool. But Anyway, TJ, thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking the time uh, to talk IU football. You can read TJ's previews. He has the O-line and safety previews up on HoosierHuddle.com. We'll have corners up uh, tomorrow afternoon as well, and then we'll go through all the positions. And before you know it, it'll be game week, and and 
yeah. it'll be time to go out and take on uh, the number two ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. And the next time we talk, it'll be game week. So uh, I hope everyone can, can join us for that and get yourself uh, dialed in. We'll be doing uh, plenty of prep work for the Buckeyes. That's already started uh, for me and I, I know for you as well. Uh, so we'll be we'll have all the scouting reports that uh, that you need to get you ready for that huge Thursday night opener. Um, and then, you know, of course, every week after that, we'll have, uh, I think, uh, just about the best coverage you can find for, for Indiana football. So looking forward to it. It's been a lot of fun all off season, but I know we're both really ready to get this thing underway. Yeah, I'm ready. I, I will enjoy my week at the beach next week, get my game face on, and, and we'll be, you know, off to – to to Bloomington next uh, or in, in two weeks and I, I I hope fans show up I, I I really think they'll they'll be excited and and having game day there is just going to add to it um, and then you know what we haven't mentioned is is that Kevin Wilson's coming back uh, as well but that that to me it, it's it's not it's the focus needs to be on IU football you know it, it's a it's a nice storyline that Kevin Wilson's coming back or an interesting storyline but. You know, this is Tom Allen's team now, and uh, IU fans need to get excited. I think they are excited, and uh, I can't wait to be down in Bloomington on that Thursday uh, with all the IU fans seeing that atmosphere uh, and just soaking it all in. But thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes as well, and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We will be having – uh, exclusive YouTube content this season uh, with us. We'll make a, a formal announcement here in the next couple weeks uh, or in the next couple days uh, about what that content might be. But uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Two more weeks, uh, 15 days, and we'll have IU football back uh, by 17. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? 
The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 